Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Learning to Fly the Podcast. Today, as we are most of the way through the month, I decided we'd try something different. Today, I'll be featuring poets who don't get quite enough attention. Some of them are quite modern, and some of them are a little bit older um, than most of us listening. So I do want to share. These are a wide variety of talented authors, and I'm just going to share one piece from each of them. So give me just a quick second to talk about our sponsor, who I'm so thankful to have, and then I'll be back to share four new authors with you. All right, so back to the poetry. The first piece I want to share with you guys is by Julia Alvarez, and this piece is titled Heroics. We keep coming to this part of the story where we're sad. I've broken up with my true love, man after man. You found it once, and it was God. Once revolution in the third world, now it's love. You'll survive, our mother said, when romance was once. Now they keep tight faces from our visits home and tell their friends all their education has confused us, all these poems. They have, we laugh, and buy the dreams, Red Book, House Beautiful, Mademoiselle, and Vogue, to read our stories in them and send the clippings home. Sometimes the bright chase of ad lovers in a meadow set sells us to belief again in that worn plot of love. Sadly, we turn the page to write our hearts, knowing our lives too well. And this was an interesting piece. I could only find a few from Julia Alvarez that were available to the public. And the thing that spoke about spoke to me about this one over her others was it was a little easier to read. It was a little less choppy. Not to say that choppy poems aren't fantastic. They're just very difficult to share in a verbal sense. Uh, they can have fantastic um, meaning and power behind them when read on a page, but it's not something I could bring to life here. And the other thing that I liked about this piece was she did a fantastic job of giving voices to all the things outside while still keeping hers the main focus. The next piece I'd like to share is The Moon in Your Breath by Amy King. Man acts as an antenna for the sun and then a trout in the milk. Men who wear kilts after darkness build a bottle of fish with a few dried fakes Dear Shadow, when did I become that person? I mean, the one who says plastic glucose without wondering what rotten sweet is. The one who teenagers represent. There's a room in your breath I crawl to, eating the wallpapers yellow, looking out for the man on the stairs, his knife in hand, poise incarnate. I am your minimum envelope, your string between tin cans, and cannot stop the talk between us. In Berlin... They, they lay buildings on concrete slabs that look straight back at us. The windows of the soul seeking to the side of humanity. Put a piece of glass between us for less resistance. Invite Rocco scrawl in the heated breath upon it. The moon appears in a cinched waist. Stand penance atop her curvature's axis. Above the hill where headstones crawl up through the clouds, pulling their fibers into blankets across us. The sleet and silver smile looms, gauze thin, 
we slip from the reel of transition back into how we cater to loneliness, how we move our mouths to mouths and mouth our meal, engorging entrails where our foodstuffs given us given off energies. I am that uncontrollable fear in a mesh, moon rocks lapis soup. We demons are in love and afoot. As a primordial diary, time will come and take hem in, take the hem in, tether the ether, the ether that dreams become from, and examine our ankles as the sugar washes over, disappearing, as with anything that's the body he works on. She also knows. Honey lasts best in the future. And the reason I wanted to share this piece is because the imagery in it is fantastic. The word choice is an ex- is a wonderful example of what poetry can do and how you can take things that are seen in everyday imagery or seen in an everyday space and upgrade them and make them into something that is beautiful or haunting or terrible um, and that it transcends not only on the page but to the reader, to the audience, to everybody they mention your work to. The other thing I really appreciate is that in the first stanza of this, um, and it's a fairly long stanza so I won't read it back to you, but in the first stanza there are many references to things in the literary world that are either overlooked or overused and I love the juxtaposition of that. The next piece I'd like to share with us is titled Our Gym by Kathy Pong Hong Park Hong. I do apologize. Kathy Park Hong's poem Our Gym. In this world hacked from the morrowed dust, the half-breed assassin slays men before they breed to corpse. His belt is an inard song. He travels to a sapling town where sawyers hew logs to songs of plovers and man-sanders tame bronx of the blackest, lustiest blood. Soon the town blooms to terror and fades before it booms. Ghosts weed out of bodies with their sharp imagined hands. A hobbled miner delirious from the sun feels the shadow of his innard song, the croaks. I am a buck nun, failure away. The half-breed leaves him be, rides to a town of tents, wooled with elf alpha, and grass-needled rain shatters to the dusted tundra. And the reason I chose to share this is because it is the most popularly referenced of her works. It's also the piece that shows the most of the life she was living and what she was trying to accomplish with her work in a very much condensed form. And the final piece I'd like to share is The New Intelligence by Timothy Donnelly. After knowledge extinguished the last of the beautiful fires our worship had faded to prolong, we walked back home through pedestrian daylight to a residence humbler than the one left behind, the door without mystery, a room without theme, for an hour that we spend complacent at the window overlooking the garden. We observe an arrangement in rust and gray-green, a vagueness at the center whose slow, persistent movements some sentence might explain if we had time or strength for sentences. To admit that what falls falls solitarily, lost in the permanent dusk of the particular, that the mind 
that the mind that fear and disenchantment fatten comes to boss the world around it, morbid as the damp, fingered guest who rearranges the cheeses the minute the host turns to fix her a cocktail, the disease of will, the way a false birch branches arc and interlace from behind from which hands dangle last leaf parchments in a very long array of primitive bird shapes. Their pasted feathers shake in the aftermath of nothing we will ever be content to leave the way we found it. I love that about you. I love that when I called you on the long drab days particularly, keeps one of us away from the other that I am calling a person so beautiful to me that she has seen my awkwardnesses on the actual sidewalk, but she still answers anyway. I say that when I fell, you fell beside me and the concrete refused to apologize. The sparrow sat for a spell on the windowsill today to communicate the new intelligence that the goal of objectivity depends upon one's faith and the accuracy of one's perceptions, which is to say a confidence in the purity of the perceiving instrument. I won't be dying after all, not now, but will go on living dizzily, hereafter in reality, half deaf to reality in a room perfumed by the fire that our inextinguishable will begin. And the reason I chose to share this piece with you guys is because of the pieces I found from Timothy Donnelly, who is somebody I really wanted to share because he's returning to the poetry scene. Um, And he is somebody who has a very interesting way of telling a story. And he likes to play on classic works. So sometimes he'll update the works of Poe or he'll update the works of Shakespeare or he'll even update one of E.E. E. Cummings' most famous works. Um, but he puts them in a new voice and in a new perspective and in something that still makes the people around him think. And I love that. And I think that's pretty much what everybody I shared with you today does. They bring something to the table that so often gets overlooked that their poetry gets overlooked. And each person I mentioned, Julia Alvarez, Amy King, Kathy Park Hong, and Timothy Donnelly, all have an amazing thing to bring to the poetry scene. And I do believe that their works deserve a little bit more love. So, to celebrate National Poetry Month, in today's episode, I decided to share the episode between them, instead of picking one person to spotlight. And if there is a piece by any of these authors, or any other author, Feel free to share it at the link in the description so that you can be a part of my Poem in Your Pocket Day episode, which will feel a little bit like today's episode. Thank you so much, and I'll see you tomorrow on another episode of Learning to Fly, the podcast.